Amen. You guys can have a seat. Wow, it's hot up here. How's everyone doing? Fantastic. Hope you guys had a good break. Who had a good break? Anyone? Okay, good. Three of you had a good break. Awesome. I had a good break, too. Um, can we get the lights, Tim? Thank you so much. Cool. My name is Jacob, and uh, if it's your first time here, we're super glad you guys are here. Welcome to a new semester of City Light U. Um, and yeah, like I said, I hope your, your break was restful and encouraging. I know for some of us, um, this last week was not restful, but it was encouraging. We went to Cross Conference. Raise your hand if you were at Cross. Yes, huge representation. So um, if that was you guys and you went to Cross, I just want to encourage you to to talk to someone and process through what God spoke to you there. We had a lot of really good messages, a lot of really good things that we learned, and we want to talk about that with people and process what God spoke to us. And if you didn't go, but you want to hear more about it or hear what God was, was teaching us, feel free to, to ask any of us. We would love to, to talk to you guys about that. Um, but we're back here tonight. We're not in Louisville anymore, and we're not going to hear a message from John Piper or J.D. Greer or David Platt. Instead, you have me. So, yeah, really great. But yeah, it's, it's for real. It's my prayer that the Holy Spirit speaks to us tonight through his word, and I believe he's going to do that. So this semester at City Light U, we're, we're going through uh, an Old Testament book, the book of Proverbs. And we're going to be going through that all of this semester. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles there, Proverbs chapter 1. And I'm excited for this series for a few reasons. First, because I personally love the Old Testament, and we haven't gone through the Old Testament for a little while at City Light U, but more importantly, because Proverbs is, is a fascinating book. It's a book where God gives us practical wisdom, real-life um, advice, and he does it for, for a lot of different aspects of, of our lives. And so this semester, we're going to spend nights talking about um, what God has to say about money and language and sex and relationships. And, and I believe that, that if we come each week, we're going to get to the end of this semester and we're going to get to the end of this semester wiser with a deeper understanding of how to live life well here on the earth because we're going to hear it from God. And, and after all, God created us. God created this world. And so it makes sense that he knows how life works best. And in Proverbs, we, we learn a lot about what he has to say about how life works best. So tonight, I'm going to introduce the book of Proverbs from the first seven verses of chapter one. And if you have your Bible, we'll read Proverbs chapter 1, 1 through 7. If not, the, the verses are going to be up on the screen. It says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that your word is alive and it's active. And, and so, God, we, we just silence our hearts now before you. We ask you to, to speak to us, to teach us, to correct us, to train us. And I pray that, that we would walk out of here, Lord, more in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So the title of our, our sermon tonight and the title of our entire series is Learn and Live. Learn and Live. And a lot of times we say, oh, we just got to live and learn, right? How often in our lives do we make 
bad decisions, and, and we, we kind of excuse those things by saying, oh, he just didn't know better, or um, it's okay that we made that bad decision. We just got to live and learn, and it's, it's, it's like we, when we say that, we're saying like, oh, it's inevitable that we're going to make bad decisions, and the reality is there are some times in life that, that we do learn as we live. Like, we learn how to get a good grade on a discussion forum that we don't care about online, right? That's something that we learn as we live. We learn how to make a good French press. But, amen, if you know how to make a good French press, please invite me over. But there are other things that we can learn from God's Word, and what happens is as we learn from God, He teaches us how to live well. And so instead of living and learning, we are learning from God and then living and living well. So we've titled this series, Learn and Live. And, and I assure you that, that if, if you will listen to what God teaches us through this series in Proverbs, we're, we're going to learn a lot of, of what God has to say about being wise, and we're going to avoid a lot of pain and regret that comes as a result of making bad decisions that otherwise could have been avoided if we simply knew better, if we simply saw what God had to say about it. So in this introductory message to Proverbs, I have, I have two truths about Proverbs that I'm going to share from verses 1 through 7. And the first is this. Proverbs have a purpose. Proverbs have a purpose. This comes from verses 1 through 6. And I'll read it again because we like the Bible here. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Here's the purpose statement. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So the proverbs have a purpose, and this purpose is twofold. First, the proverbs teach us to live rightly, and then the proverbs teach us to think rightly. But in order for us to understand exactly the purpose of the Proverbs, we first need to know what Proverbs are. Um, The dictionary defines Proverbs as a short, pithy saying in general use, stating a general truth or a piece of advice. And we see this definition played out in different cultures all over the world. Almost every culture that we study has their own specific Proverbs. For some of us, our English Proverbs, we have a proverb that says, two wrongs don't make a right. Um, When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? And there's no such thing as a free lunch. Those are just four of my favorite English Proverbs. And, and those are good, but biblical Proverbs are different than your typical English Proverbs. What makes biblical Proverbs different is that biblical Proverbs are found in the Bible. And what is the Bible? The Bible is the inspired and inerrant word of God. See, instead of just being some some wise words that some random person said, the Proverbs that we read in the Bible are are wise sayings that are given to us by God himself. At the beginning of verse 1, what does it say? The Proverbs of Solomon. And if you don't know the story of Solomon, Solomon was the son of one of the Old Testament kings, King David. And after David had died, Solomon took the throne, and God appeared to Solomon, and he said, Ask what I shall give you. And so basically what God's saying is, Solomon, ask for anything. I'm going to give you what you ask for. And Solomon, we see in 2 Chronicles 1.10, asks God for wisdom. He prayed this. He prayed, God, give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? So Solomon says, 
I can have anything from God. What do I ask for? I ask for wisdom. And as a result of his his request, God gives Solomon unmatched wisdom. He gives him so much wisdom that, that people from all over the land will travel simply to hear his wisdom. The queen of Sheba even would come just to hear what Solomon had to say. And so we're told right in verse 1 that these are the Proverbs of Solomon. But I want us to recognize that the wisdom that we read in Proverbs does come from Solomon's pen. But we've got to go back to the source. The source of Solomon's wisdom is God himself. And for that reason, these Proverbs are in the Bible. And for that reason, they're different from every other proverb. One other thing that I want us to understand about Proverbs as we get into this is, is that by definition, Proverbs are usually but not always true so the the old testament has some sections that are prophetic and these are things that that god speaks ahead of time and they're going to happen 100 percent of the time regardless of what humans try to do to stop him that's prophetic literature then there's there's law that god gives gives instructions that are black and white that's his law that he gives but proverbs are different in the fact that that they're wise sayings from God that teach us how to live well in this world, but they don't play out as they say 100% of the time. And the reason for that is simply because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where things don't always go as they should go. And so by definition, Proverbs are not promises. And that's okay. We just got to recognize that it's simply a different genre of literature. Proverbs are not promises. I want to illustrate this with two examples Because it's important for us to to recognize this. Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And while this is true in many cases, and this is super wise and, and godly counsel, that we should train up our children in the way they should go, it's not true 100% of the time, because children can still make their own decisions. And so it's possible that a child could be trained up in the Lord, but, but still choose to depart from him as they grow older. So we can't, we can't cling to this proverb as a promise because it's not a promise, it's a proverb, it's a wise saying, and that's okay. One more example, Proverbs 10 and verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Again, this is true in a lot of cases, but there are also times when people who fear God die young, and people who hate God live to be old, right? So we can't say, based on this verse, if someone dies young, that means that person did not fear God. That's simply taking this verse out of context, because again, this is a proverb and not a promise. And and that's okay. It's a different genre of literature. So now that we know a little bit about what the proverbs are and and their definition, um, let's look at the first purpose of the proverbs. We see this at the beginning of verse 2 in chapter 1. It says, to know wisdom and instruction. So if you're taking notes, the first purpose of the Proverbs is to teach us to live rightly. To teach us to live rightly. As we, as we said earlier, in the Proverbs we're learning that we may live. And the person who knows wisdom and instruction, as we see in verse 2, is going to live rightly. Why? Because the person who knows wisdom has more than just knowledge. See, the wise person understands things. The wise person keeps learning new things, but they don't stop at knowledge. Instead, they put the knowledge to work. Wisdom puts knowledge to work. The same Hebrew word that's used for wisdom here is used in Exodus chapter 35, where it's Moses is talking about this man who, who had great skill. He had great 
wisdom, and he used that wisdom, used that skill to build different beautiful artifacts that were in the tabernacle. He says this, he says, he was filled with wisdom, with the Spirit of God, or he, he has, no, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, that's the same word as wisdom, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship. See, this, this man showed his wisdom, he showed his skill in the fact that he took the knowledge, the stuff that he knew, and he put it to work. He knew what to do, and then he did it. And the Proverbs are designed to make us do the same thing. They're designed for us to hear and to increase in knowledge, but then to put that knowledge to work, showing and proving that we're wise. And we see this more in verses 3 and 4, where it, it says to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion to the youth. See, the way for us to know wisdom and to know instruction, and the key for us as we go through this whole series is found at the beginning of verse 3. We must receive it. See, throughout this, this book, we see a lot of contrasts, and, and one of the contrasts is between the prideful person and the humble person. And the prideful person does not walk in wisdom because he refuses to receive instruction because he thinks he doesn't need it, where the humble person will receive the instruction, will receive it joyfully because they recognize they need it. I was recently helping set up for a wedding, and, and part of the setup for this wedding was tying these yellow ribbons around chairs and a bow. I think we have a picture of it. Um, that's what they were supposed to look like. But as I walked into the room, I saw all of these chairs covered in the white, but there were no yellow ribbons on them, and there was a circle of girls trying to figure out how to tie the ribbons in, in the pretty bow shape. And as I walked in, I was like, okay, this cannot be that hard. Like, I know how to tie my shoe. I can tie a bow. Like, it, it can't be that difficult. So I go up and pull one of them and try to tie it myself. And it was an absolute disaster. I could not even get anywhere close to doing it right. But I was acting like the fool in this situation. I thought I knew better. I thought I didn't need instruction. I thought all of the girls were just not thinking and not knowing how to do it and that it was easy. It wasn't. But it wasn't until I admitted my need for help that I received the instruction. And so between the YouTube videos and, and some people that had finally figured out how to tie the bows, I was instructed and super humbled in the process. But that still wasn't enough for me. See, I, I, now, I knew exactly what to do, but it wasn't until someone came alongside of me and literally showed me and walked me step by step through tying the bow that I did it correctly. And by the time I finally figured out how to do it, everyone had pretty much tied all of the ribbons on all of the bows, and so it didn't even matter that I figured it out. But at the end, I just untied everything after the wedding. I think there's a picture of that. That worked better. I was the only one tall enough there to hold the ribbons around my neck. I share that story, though, not so that you can laugh at me, but because that's what we see in Proverbs. See, in order for us to live rightly, we must be willing to humble ourselves and to receive instruction but we also need to be helped to put those things into practice. And thankfully, what we see in, in Proverbs is that the Spirit of God, he does both of those things. Not only does he instruct us through this book, he also gives us clear and practical steps to take, like he's taking our hand and walking us step by step so that we can learn wisdom and live rightly. And as a point of application here, I just want to to encourage you to, to read this book at least once this semester. There's 31 chapters. So if you would say, I'm going to read one chapter every day, you could finish 
the whole book of Proverbs in, in one month. And, and as, you, as you do that, take your time and, and, and allow God to, to correct you and to instruct you and to teach you how to live rightly. See, if we're people that, that approach these wise sayings with humility, ready to receive instruction, God's going to teach us. He's going to instruct us. So the first purpose of the Proverbs is to teach us to live rightly. The second is to teach us to think rightly. We get this from the second half of verse 2 where it says to understand words of insight. And so the Proverbs then, they, they teach us to understand these insightful sayings that we're going to read. They teach us to think rightly. Think about it this way. If, if a parent tells their baby uh, about the importance of brushing their teeth, that saying, wise as it is, does the baby absolutely no good, right? Because a baby doesn't understand language yet, a baby doesn't have teeth yet, and a baby certainly can't hold a toothbrush and, and wipe it around in their mouth yet, right? Even though that the parents share this wise saying with the baby, it does the baby no good because it's not understood. The baby cannot think rightly. But as time goes on and, and things change, the baby gets older, and, and when the child is then old enough to, to brush their own teeth, the parent can give that same wise instruction. But now, because the, the instruction is understood by the child, it benefits the child. See, the parent was, was thinking rightly from the very beginning. The parent knew that one day they were going to have to share this wise saying, brush your teeth, with their children. But it wasn't until the child could understand that the child was benefited, that that knowledge benefited them. And like the parent, God is, is wise. But unlike the parent, God is infinitely wise. See, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows, he knows what's going to work and what's not going to work. He knows what life decisions are wise and what life decisions are foolish. God knows. And, and in the Proverbs, he's like opening his book of, of infinite wisdom to us, and he's saying, read this. Read this. God is sharing with us his wisdom, and he's helping us to understand what he says. And, and as he's doing that, he's helping us to think rightly about life. And so because of that, we would be the foolish person if we said, I don't want to even pay attention to what Proverbs teaches. See, because God is infinitely wise, and we oftentimes find ourselves being infinitely stupid, we have a lot to learn from him. Verse 5 says, so let, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtained guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. See, in the Proverbs, we're learning how to live and how to think rightly, and we're always learning more. The wise person continues to learn, and, and that's the purpose of the Proverbs, because the difference between biblical Proverbs and Proverbs that the culture tells us is that biblical Proverbs give us so much more than just a right way to live or a right way to think. Biblical proverbs give us a person to love and to trust and to obey. And that's the second truth about proverbs that we're going to look at tonight. The proverbs point us to a person. Proverbs point us to a person. We get this from verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. In this verse, we see the first example of, of a contrast that we're going to continue to see throughout this book. It's the contrast between the wise person and the foolish person. The wise person fears God and, and, and receives knowledge, while the foolish person despises wisdom and instruction. And I want to spend a little bit of time explaining what it means to fear the Lord, because if doing so is the beginning of knowledge, then 
that we want to know what, what that means. And in Hebrew poetry, there's, there's, there's a parallelism in the writing where there's an A line and a B line, and the B line is used to explain or illustrate uh, the, the A line. And that's what's, what's happening here in verse 7. So when the verse says that the fear of the Lord that leads to knowledge, it's, it's saying that that is the opposite of despising wisdom and instruction. It's putting these two things in contrast. Fear of the Lord leading to knowledge and despising wisdom and instruction. And the word despise is a word that's, that it communicates contempt. It's, it's painting a picture of a person who says, I'm, I'm too smart for instruction. I don't need anyone to, to teach me. I don't need moral cleansing. And I certainly don't need God's help. That's the picture that it's, it's painting. Yet this person, wise as they think they are, the Bible calls them a fool. And fearing God is is the opposite. Fearing God simply is, is caring what God thinks. Fearing God is, is being open to Him. It's wanting to make Him happy. It's, it's wanting to learn and, and to be transformed by Him. It's living a life that is surrendered to Him. And Solomon writes, fearing the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Why is that? Because knowledge finds its source in God. And not in you, not in this world, Knowledge finds its source in God. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis says this. He says, In God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that, and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people, and, of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. See, friends, regardless of how, of how wise we, we think we are, regardless of how much knowledge we carry, the reality for every one of us is that apart from God, we are all fools. Let's close in prayer. Just kidding. But it's true, guys. It's true. Apart from God, apart from His saving grace, we are all fools, and we cannot see anything that is above us. Namely, we cannot see God. But the beauty of the gospel is that when you and I were trapped in our sin, when we were under the wrath of God and headed to hell and eternity apart from God, God sent Jesus. You and I had rejected God's wisdom completely, time and time again. But guess what God did? Because he loved us, God sent wisdom to us. Catch this. Jesus is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 22-24 says, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the what? The wisdom of God. City like you, the Proverbs point us to a person. They teach us wisdom, and they point us to the wise child of God, Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And so as I've encouraged you tonight to, to take a humble posture and to learn how to live and to think rightly as we go through the Proverbs, I want to encourage you now to recognize that it's in Jesus and only in Jesus that we truly live, learn how to live and how to think rightly. See, as the wisdom of God, Jesus came to earth and he feared the Lord perfectly. Jesus always cared about what the Father cared about. Every single decision he made honored 
God the Father. And as a result, he walked in perfect knowledge and in perfect wisdom. And then, because it was the Father's will, Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus was crucified for our sins. And, and there on the cross, he paid for every foolish decision that we've ever made. He took the wrath of God that we deserve, and he died. But three days later, what happened? His lifeless body began to breathe. He walks out of his own grave. And Jesus, the perfect wisdom of God, rose from the dead and now is seated at the right hand of God the Father. See, at the cross, God's wisdom died for man's foolishness. But God's wisdom rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he left our foolishness in the grave. See, we could sum up Proverbs by, by saying this, A wise life, the wise life, fears God and runs from evil. But the only way, the only hope you and I have to run from evil is because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And now, if we turn from our sins and trust in him, he has given us a new heart and he's given us a new power to obey him. So now, instead of, of fearing man and running from God, God has had mercy on us and we now fear God and we run from evil. And this is an absolutely scandalous reality if we let this sit in. Because our foolishness sent Jesus to the cross. And yet he died, and now he offers us himself. See, the goal of Proverbs is not to make us some super wise people so that, that people can come to us and be amazed by how smart we are, or to give us some really good Bible tweets. No, the goal of Proverbs is to turn our eyes to Jesus and to turn our hearts away from evil. See, it's in Christ, according to Colossians 2, and verse 3, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And because these things are true, because the goal of Proverbs is to turn our eyes to Jesus, because it's in him that all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found, I want to close this message by asking us a question. The question is this, where will you seek wisdom and knowledge? Where will you seek wisdom and knowledge? City Light, you, you and I are, are similar in a lot of ways to the original audience of Proverbs. We, we long for wisdom and knowledge, and, and we're young, just like the young men that, that Proverbs was originally written to. But unlike the original audience, we have unlimited access today to what the world calls knowledge and wisdom through technology. We have countless voices that are speaking into us all day every day, and this, this makes the pursuit of true wisdom for us even more difficult. See, we're, we're living in the information age where we can get information on almost anything at the snap, at the click of a button or the snap of your fingers. As a result, we can ask Google for, for wisdom on who to date or, or wisdom on, on how to stop doing the things that, that we know that we shouldn't be doing. We can ask for knowledge on on different gadgets, on political views, on cultural tendencies through Twitter. We have access to what the world calls wisdom at our fingertips 24-7. And so is that where we're going to seek our wisdom and knowledge? Or is it in Jesus? See, in Proverbs alone, we have 31 chapters filled with God's wisdom. And throughout Scripture, we have 66 books that are written that point us directly to the person and work of Jesus, who, as we learned, is the wisdom of God. And better yet, if you trust in Jesus, the truth is that you have this wise God living in you through the Holy Spirit.
So if you decide to, to seek wisdom and knowledge from the world through, through the internet and through some people that claim to be wise, you're, you're going to get some good advice. And a lot of times you're going to get great advice. And, and a lot of things that you're going to learn are going to benefit you in life. But they are not going to save your soul. And nothing, City Let You, is more important than the salvation of your souls. See, friends, the, the goal of our lives is not to be wise and knowledgeable. The goal of our lives is to love and know God. And it's only through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God that we can learn true wisdom that leads our hearts to conversion and trust in Jesus. Because the Word of God and the Spirit of God point us to who? To Jesus, the Son of God. So I want to close and encourage each of you to answer that question. Where will you seek wisdom and knowledge? And if you realize tonight that you've been seeking it in the world and, and apart from God and, and the world's wisdom has left you empty because it cannot save and satisfy your soul, then I would ask you to confess that to God, to tell that to God. Ask Him to forgive you and, and to come into your heart so you can trust Jesus tonight. And, and with Jesus, as you receive Him, you also receive the wisdom of God. And for each of us, let's, let's thank God for, for giving us this wisdom, for giving us this power to flee from sin, to flee from the lies of the world. And, and we can be those that, that fear God and flee sin, knowing that Jesus is better. May it be from Jesus throughout this series and throughout our lives that we learn and that we live. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you that you love us so much that you've given us your word, that you've given us your wisdom, and, and you haven't just given it to us in written form. God, you've also given it to us in your son. And it was Jesus that, that is the word of God, that is the wisdom of God, that, that gave his life for us, that now we can live. And Father, that's something that we, we don't want to take for granted. We want to thank you for. And I just pray that, that as we go from here tonight and as we go throughout this series, that we would not just... Um, learn from Proverbs some, some good advice, some, some good things, but that our hearts would be transformed and fall more in love with you. Jesus, thank you that you are the wisdom of God and that you give it to us now by your spirit. In Jesus' name.